0: Well, oh, come on. Good morning. Good to see you. So glad that you're joining us online from your home or from wherever you are. Now listen, I, I, we're not going to spend a, a ton of time on this. If you're joining us online and maybe you, this is your first experience with Skyline Church, I just want to say welcome. So glad that you're here joining us online. My name is Pastor Jeff, I'm the lead pastor of Skyline Church. And listen, if you're if you're with us on Facebook, look, chime in, say hi, say amen, say whatever it is you need to do. We've actually got some of our staff and leaders and people here in the room with us that I needed them to help me preach a little bit better. It's hard to preach to nobody. So we got a couple of people in the room with us today. But listen, we all this week, um, if, if some people knew this, but I was fighting all week long that, that no matter what anybody else did, no matter what other decisions got made, that, that we were going to gather and we were going to meet here today, uh, and I fought that battle all week long, and then Friday... Um, after just some of the announcements that got made and uh, both from national and local government and CDC and, and just in talking to to some other local pastors here in Charlottesville and in central Virginia people that i I know and love and trust, and um, we just made the decision that the best one of the best ways that we can serve our city because listen we 're not called to just a church we 're called to a location we 're called to this city we 're called to the the surrounding counties and one of the best ways that we could serve. Our people and love our people uh, was, to, was to gather online this week and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to help prevent the spread of anything. And listen, that decision wasn't made out of fear, but that decision was made out of, out of counsel and out of wisdom. Listen, Scripture says a multitude of counsel is wise. And so we used a multitude of counsel, came to that decision. So we're, we're online today. Hope that you are feeling well. If you're not, we're praying for you in Jesus' name. Now listen, Jesus' name is above every other name. You need to know that today, that no matter what you're facing, no matter what our community is facing, everything in the world has to bow at the name of Jesus. And so what the enemy thinks he can use to scatter and break up the church, we're actually going to have an opportunity to thrive. And to bring the gospel and to bring good news. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But wherever you are, whether you're home, get out something to write with. If you're here with us right in this room, get out something to jot some notes down. Because we're continuing our Fierce Jesus series. We're in part three. We're going to jump in right now. I'm not going to waste any time. You can actually follow along with us. Get our app out. Get your Bible out. Whatever it might be. Get your computer out. And, uh, and we're going to jump into part three of this series that we've been in called Fierce Jesus. And today you've got to pay attention. Uh, because... Jesus is fierce, and because he's fierce, Jesus is sometimes multitasking, and you don't even know that that's what he's doing uh, in the middle of what he's doing. So we've been kind of camped out in different places in the Gospel of Mark as we lead up to Easter, and today we're in Mark chapter 10, so we've jumped a little bit. We were in Mark chapter 1 for the first two parts, part 3, we're in Mark chapter 10. We're going to pick up and read, starting in verse 46, so follow along with me. It says, then they... Reach Jericho. Now it's important the they. We're going to come back to who they was because the they is actually really important. But it says when they uh, reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him, and a blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. And when Bartimaeus heard the name of Jesus that, that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, "Jesus, Son of David!" Have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. And so before we really dive in, I was, I was thinking about this beggar, Bartimaeus. And maybe you've heard this story before. I know that I've read this story before. And, but, but people for some reason, the crowd for some reason that day had a problem with his voice. They, they had a problem with what he was saying. And, but as a beggar, that was the only way he could receive change, was by, by using his voice. And so listen, sometimes, like, like we're not even into it yet, but sometimes when people are yelling at you and telling you to stop, you got to yell a little bit louder. Sometimes when the crowd is telling you to shut up, you got to raise your voice. If people don't like it, people didn't like his voice, but listen, he spent his whole life shaking a cup. Can you spare some change? Does, does anybody have anything for me? And the crowd says, hey, listen, you've you got to be quiet. Stop asking for stuff. And here's what I know is that the enemy has no problem with you begging for stuff as long as you aren't begging for Jesus. The enemy has got no problem with you begging for, for more money, begging for influence, begging for uh, wealth, begging for houses, begging for that vacation, begging for that experience, begging for somebody to, to fill that void, begging for compliments on, on social media. He has no problem with you begging for stuff. Just don't you beg for Jesus. Here's The reality is that some of us need to stop. We need to stop begging for stuff, and we need to start begging for Jesus. We need to start crying out for more stuff, and we got to stop that, and we need to start crying out for, for more of Jesus because the enemy will keep you begging. He'll keep you back, give me more, give me more, keep it up, keep it up. He'll keep you begging for stuff as long as you aren't begging for, for Jesus. And so we pick up, it says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. And so they called the blind man, said, cheer up, he said, come on, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Can you imagine how fierce Jesus is? You ask a beggar for anything, man, they could ask you for like a million dollars. But Jesus says, what what do you want me to do for you? My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see. There's that, remember, one of Mark's favorite things is immediately, instantly, suddenly, quickly, well, instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. You know, and I, I, I love this miracle. I've read it before, read the Gospel of Mark, blind Bartimaeus, and there's transformation that takes place in this. Like a man who was blind is no longer blind, and now he can see. He now has the opportunity to fulfill his purpose because being blind kept him from his purpose. Being blind kept him at the mercy of what other people could do for him. And now that he can see, he can now provide for himself, he can now step into his purpose. But you have to understand something, that Jesus is so fierce, class is always in session. Jesus is always teaching, he's always, and the miracle actually wasn't just for Bartimaeus. There's there's something else going on in this story, in the backdrop, behind the scenes, that most of us don't see. Remember, this passage started out and said, then they went to Jericho. And I said that the they would be important because no one else could really see what Jesus was doing here. So I want to back up a couple of verses and help us understand who they is. So back up to verse 35 in Mark chapter 10. It says, then James and John, now we have the they. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him, talking to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. So now James and John are coming to Jesus asking for something. What is your request, he asked. And they replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in the places of honor next to you, one on your right and one on your left. And so James and John have a request in this moment. Jesus, when you're seated on the throne in heaven, we want to be in seats of honor next to you on your right and left. And in this moment in scripture, if you're familiar with the story, Jesus looks at them and says, hey, what you're asking for is a really difficult thing. And they say, like, no, it's not. We can do it. We can handle it. They think. But Jesus says, you have to understand that my kingdom does not function like the rest of the world. Here on earth, lords and officials and kings lord things and lord their authority over people. But Jesus says that in my kingdom, the greatest is a servant. In my kingdom, the first are the last. In my kingdom, if you want to be a leader, the way to the top. Is actually down. That's what it's like. So Jesus uses this physical healing. Of a person who naturally could not see. To demonstrate something to his disciples. That says hey your spiritual eyes have been closed. And you can't see. And so the miracle may seem that it's all about blind Bartimaeus. That he's being physically healed. But he's also dealing with his disciples who are spiritually blind in this moment, there's a bigger issue. Listen, it's easy for us to look at others who are blind and can't see and not recognize that I'm blind. And maybe you came, maybe you jumped online today, you're on Facebook and you're watching and you're like, hey, this message is gonna be for somebody else. But listen, Jesus is actually trying to get a hold of you. Because I love it, because in this story, Jesus isn't really dealing with lost people. But he's talking about the blindness of his followers, the, the blindness of the, the people who've been around him. They've, they've been to the events. They've been to the worship experiences. They, they've, they've seen all the things. They, they've been to the outreach. They've hosted all of it. They've seen Jesus Jesus do all of these things, but they still don't get it. Is, is, it, is it possible that you could have both eyes and still be blind? Because anytime you, anytime you lose your ability to see, you gain the ability to need. And anytime you lose your vision, you become a beggar. Anytime your eyes grow grow dim, you will always be at the mercy of somebody else. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but like the power goes out at your house, the lights go out. Um, it's fun when you have four kids in the house, especially if it happens at nighttime. Um, and all the power goes out. And everyone freaks out. What happened? Where, mom, dad, where are you? You know the kids are like stumbling all over stuff. Not, not like it, it's as though they've never been in your house before. It's like the first time they've ever been there. But the lights go out, and, and they're confused, and they don't know what happened. The reality is, is, is what what a child is asking for in that moment, saying, "Hey, I, I need some help. I, I need some leadership. I, I can't see. Will you come help me?" And the reality is that for some of us, the lights have gone out. Like you, you, you got your heart broken and, and the lights went out. You, you thought that you would be getting married and, and it didn't work and then the, the lights went out. You, you asked Jesus to show up and do something and, and, and answer a prayer in a certain way and he didn't and so the lights went out. Your, your marriage didn't last. And so the lights went out. Anytime there's a a significant event in our lives that don't go the way that we had planned, lights go out. And when we lose the ability to see if we're not careful, we'll gain the ability to need. And if we aren't careful with with our ability, with with our our, our need, we'll start looking for things and people that will never satisfy. You'll start begging for things that will never satisfy your soul. You'll start asking for a seat at the table, forgetting that you're already at the table. And so Jesus says, hey, guys, Bartimaeus, you you think that this is about him, but he's saying, hey, your disciples, John, James, you're actually the ones begging. You got your cup out saying, Jesus, uh, I need some, can you spare some validation uh, J- J- Jesus, can you can you spare some some acceptance? Jesus, do you have a do you have a little bit extra that that you could give me. I, I'm not feeling very important right now. I'm not feeling like you need me right now. Could you spare me some? Could you could you spare me some acceptance? Could could, could you just double tap on my photo? Could, could you just let me know? Can you, you just make sure I'm? Can I just get that promotion? Can I, can I get that parking spot that's, that's got my name on it? Can I fit in with this crowd? Can I sit with these people at, at lunch? I need some approval. Some of us suffer from approval addiction. Some of us are still waiting on other people to approve of us. And so you're just begging, can I get some love? Can I get some acceptance? Can I get a little bit of this? And you're just waiting on other people to do that for you. Some of us, some of us beg from the church. Fill me up. Fill me up. You better sing that song. You better sing that song because I've been coming and you you haven't sung it in a while. You better, you got you you better fill me up, church. All the while we, we haven't brought anything to to the church. But you bet church, you better do it. You better fill me up. It's a Jesus is so big. Jesus is so fierce. Listen, he's always willing to give you more than what you're actually looking for. (laughs) And and we come, and we're coming looking for just a little bit of change. And Jesus said, look, I came today to bring some real change. Come on, is there anybody thankful that Jesus isn't just going to fill you? He's going to fill you all the way up. He's not just going to fill the little bit that you're looking for. He's going to fill you even more. So here we are, we're in the middle of this text, and and most of us don't even know. I say it's about us. It's about me. That we're the ones who need healing. We're the ones that need our eyes opened. And there's many of us today, listen, if you're watching at home, there's many of us today that our eyes have grown dim. But Jesus, listen to me, Jesus is passing by. Just like Bartimaeus heard Jesus, and if your eyes have grown dim, if your faith has grown dim, I want to tell you, Jesus is passing by this morning. If you'll raise your voice, if you'll be bold enough, if, if, if you'll stand up, and when everyone else tells you to lower your voice, you'll just shout a little bit louder, looking for Jesus. Jesus stands willing and able to do something in you today that you couldn't do on your own. He stands ready to heal you. He stands ready to restore you, to redeem you. We have to do some things. If you want to go from, if you want to switch from the lights being out to you fulfilling your purpose, listen. You got to throw some stuff off. You see, blind Bartimaeus does something before he ever receives any healing. That there are some steps that he takes before he ever receives anything that help instruct us that if you want to step into your, if you want to step into your purpose, step into your healing. There are some things that we got to do if we want to receive that watch so that our eyes can be opened. And so we see this happen. Uh, Bartimaeus is there. He hears Jesus is coming by, and he begins to shout. And the crowd turns and says, Bartimaeus, shut up. Don't you do you, you keep it quiet. You keep it down. Jesus is coming by. So the first thing that Bartimaeus had to do and that we have to do is we got to throw off the crowd. Some of us, like, he's got to throw it off. It doesn't matter what they're going to do. He's going to throw them off so that he can get close to Jesus. The crowd around some of y'all is what's keeping you silent. And you wonder why you haven't received anything, why you haven't experienced anything, why you can't see, why life is going on the way that it always has to. But could it be that the crowd you're keeping around you is what's keeping you broken? You say, but but we're tight. That's my crew. We go back years. That's my family. And you keep letting them keep you broken because you're unwilling to throw them off. Come on, some of y'all today listening in your homes, you you, got to get a little bit of fight in you. It says the people around me that are keeping me limited and keeping me living without purpose, you do not get to decide how much Jesus I get. There's no, I don't care how far back we go. I don't care you, you, you're my kid's God parent. It doesn't matter. You do not get to limit my access to the throne of Jesus. Throw them off. If they won't lead, you do it. If they don't want to get to the throne of Jesus, you do it anyway. Some of y'all got to start chucking some people. They're good to you, but they're not good for you. Stop carrying them. And I love it. we we got to also do this. Bartimaeus understood this. you got to stop worrying about your place and focus on his position. Stop worrying about where you are and, and focus on the position that Jesus is. That's why Bartimaeus got his healing. He did not care about the pecking order. He didn't care that he was a beggar. He didn't care that he was lowly in society. What he focused on was who Jesus is. You see, because when he cried out to Jesus, he declared, he said, Jesus, son of David. And what he's doing in that moment is he's, he's making a declaration to everybody that can hear him. That Jesus isn't just from Nazareth. Jesus isn't just some carpenter. But that Jesus is the king of kings, the lord of lords. That he holds all things, makes all things, and heals all things. I'm not worried about my place. I'm focused on his position. Because anytime you take Jesus out of his rightful position, listen, you're going to go blind. If Jesus is second, which by the way, Jesus won't be second. He can't be second. Because he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning, the end. The book of Colossians says that all things were made through him, for him, and by him, and that he upholds all things. He cannot be second. But anytime time you try, your eyes are going to go dim. When, when, you take, when you try to make Jesus second, listen, you can't see straight. And so I, I, it might be fitting that today as you're sitting in your home or sitting here, that, that maybe just do some internal investigation that, that if, if my life has gone dim, maybe it's because I have Jesus out of place. Maybe I don't, he's not first. Because the reality is, this is, is when when Jesus is not first in my finances, I start begging from other people. I need more hours. I, I need more overtime. I, I I need that promotion. I need when he's not first, when he's not first in my priorities. I start begging him to fix my marriage. Uh, Jesus, please please rescue my son. Please please rescue my daughter. When he's not first, but but when he is first, what does Romans say? That he works what all things for the good of those we are called according to his purpose when I put him first. I don't have to be anxious when I put him first. But if he's out of place, chances are you're out of sight. So he had to throw off the crowd. Second thing he had to do is he had to throw off the coat. He had to throw off his coat. You might be thinking, what's the big deal? Why does this matter? Well, you know what? They put it, They put it in the passage, so let's just assume it's important. That's why I'm here, by the way. <laughs> I get to study the things that you don't have time to study. His coat was significant. In the custom of that day, his coat was a symbol. And, and more than likely, Bartimaeus' coat that he had was actually government issued. So it, 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 what they would do is the, the, the government would have to come in and certify that you are a beggar. The government would come in and certify that that you can't work. They had to come in and certify say, hey, you can't have, have a meaningful purpose in our society. You can't produce anything. You can't make income. So the government would step in and assess and then certify you as a beggar and then give you a special coat. So that way when people were walking past you, they could recognize who was for real and who was hustling. So he's got this coat, and every day he's reminded, my coat's not like everybody else's coat. Every day he's reminded, I have nothing to contribute. Every day he's reminded, I've been certified a beggar. But something happened in him. It's something happened inside of him that said, I'm not going to let the words that have been spoken over me. I'm not going to let what others have labeled me define me anymore. Some of us have been certified an addict. A doctor has certified you as an addict. Said, hey, you need help. Some of us have been certified as a failure. Failure. Some of us have been certified that that you can't handle money to the point where Dave Ramsey wouldn't even take you as a case study. You've been been certified that you can't manage relationships because they always end in failure. Some of us have been certified you've you've been labeled a liar, you've been certified a gossiper. But I'm here to tell you that, listen, you may have been certified and labeled by somebody, but Jesus is so good and Jesus is so fierce that he steps into whatever label you've been given and says, hey, you may have been certified, but now you're set free. They may have labeled you this, that who the sun sets free is free indeed. They put a coat on you. I have a different coat for you. It's a coat of righteousness, a coat of favor, a coat of acceptance, a coat of worth, a coat of value, a coat of having a family. And they may have called you something else. They may have put a different coat on you. But son, daughter, I call you loved. I call you beautiful. I call you worthy of me shedding my blood. We go from certified to set free. Bartimaeus was fed up with his label. He was sick and tired of showing up to the same place every day, every week, and being at the mercy of what someone else would do for him. Some of us, our eyes have grown so dim that you show up to your marriage, you show up to your kids. You show up to your job, you show up to church, and you don't even realize that you're at the mercy of somebody else. By the way, that's why that's why it only lasts so long. Because you get your cup, and you come to church, and church gives you a good message, and and, and you take the couple of coins, but by Tuesday, you've spent it, and you're broke again. You know, it only held me over for, for a little bit. And we come in during the worship experience and, and, I, and we sing a couple of songs. And for those songs, I'm feeling like a weight is getting lifted and it's real and you get it and Jesus is good. But you leave and then you jump on social media and it doesn't match what you saw. And I felt love for a few songs, but then I went back to begging. I better get back to that relationship, I, I better go back to that addiction. Uh, I better go back to to, to to that person who said that they're going to love me. And listen, that addiction feels good. That dysfunction feels good. It feels comfortable. The night out, the alcohol, the medication. I just need a little bit of change. Now listen, that, that's why you, you don't just need to throw off the crowd. And you don't just need to throw off the coat. But you got to throw your cup. You, 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 you've got to, you've got to get rid of it. And I can only imagine what this cup meant to Bartimaeus. It was his source. It was his source. It's how he collected. Uh, It's, it's how he ended up being able to pay for the, for the blanket he would wear at night. Because I got my cup. And, and I can only imagine that it helped him helped him pay and, and find a little bit of food because he had his cup it was I imagine it was part of him and and, and if he if he were to lose it, he'd be going to a frantic state. how, how can I survive without it? If that person leaves me, how will I ever if I, if I don't, if I don't keep that job, how am I ever gonna if I, if I stop this or if this ends? Or if I'm not with them anymore, how will I? I've been so wrapped up in my routine and so wrapped up in my religion and activity. I don't understand. How come every relationship I get in, they leave? Because they were a nickel. You were searching for somebody to fill that void. Why'd that friend stab me in the back? They, They were a nickel. You thought that if I if I if I would just if I just hooked up one more time it'd make me feel something. If I if I just got drunk one more time, it would make me feel if I just looked one more time at it, it would make me feel something. Just one more time. And listen, all of that stuff is just a nickel. The promotion is a nickel, the vacation is a nickel, that house is a nickel, and you gotta get to a place where you're willing to throw the cup. Because Jesus wants to transition you from needing a handout to being a helping hand you can't help anybody if you still got the cup in your hand you can't be a helping hand when you're walking around begging fill me up somebody fill me up how many more times are we going to are we going to come to church like this How many more times are we going to until we realize, Jesus, you've, you've done so much for me that I don't need this cup. When you realize that G- Jesus just doesn't want to give you a little bit of change. Jesus wants to give you complete change. Because what Jesus wants to do in the cup can't be contained in the cup. Because he says, I am the cup that runs over. Last time I checked, Jesus is the cup that doesn't run dry. Last time I checked, he is the one shaken down, pressed. Overflowing. Last time I checked, he is the one that doesn't just give life, but he gives abundant life. Last time I checked, he is the one that can do exceedingly and abundantly more than I know how to. Come on, you got to get to a place where people are getting filled up by what's flowing out of you. Some of us are like, Pastor, Pastor, I, I don't have a cup. Or you don't? Facebook, fill me up. Come on, just just give me a like. That, you know what that like is? It's just a nickel. Someone please like my post. Come on, I'm on that weight loss journey. Somebody follow me. Come on, follow me. Someone, I, I took my phone to church and I took some notes and I posted it. Someone noticed me someone fill my cup Someone, and listen, you keep expecting people to fill your cup and Jesus says, listen, what I have for you isn't going to fit in that cup I didn't come to fill a cup I came to fill you, I came to put my spirit inside of you, I'm not trying to get you through the week, I'm trying to get you to eternity come on, everybody stand up, wherever you are if you're in your home, stand up I don't care, come on, we're going to shift the atmosphere here listen, there's going to have to be somebody today whose eyes are going to be open some people in here who are tired of a handout some of us we see the miracle that Jesus is doing in somebody else but we can't see what Jesus is trying to do in me, and I wonder if the disciples got it because Jesus said, listen I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. You keep begging for change, but Jesus says, listen, you are the change. You keep begging for change. You are the change. What I want to see in the world is going to happen through you. What I want to see in the church is going to happen through you. What I want to see in your family is going to happen. Stop asking for change. You are the change. Did the disciples see it? When Bartimaeus' eyes were opened, I wonder if theirs were, too. Because we think it's for someone else. Listen, Jesus is so fierce. He's like Mr. Miyagi. Some of y'all don't know what that is because you're not old enough. But Mr. Miyagi was teaching Daniel's son karate. And he would say, paint the fence. Paint the fence. Wax on. Wax off. Wax on. Wax on. And Daniel's son would come to him, eventually said, Mr. Miyagi, I don't understand what you're doing. I'm tired of painting the fence. I, I, I'm tired of doing the, the wax on and the wax off. And one day, Mr. Miyagi looks at Daniel's son and throws a punch. He says, paint the fence. It goes, whoop. It was a block. And then he throws another punch. He says, wax on, block, wax off, block. And what Daniel's son didn't realize is that he was being taught something. You have to understand that Jesus is so fierce He's working in you, creating something in you that you could never even see coming, making you stronger, making you more disciplined, making you more powerful than you ever imagined because greater is He who is in me than is in the world. I am more than a conqueror. If He is for me, who could be against me? Okay, okay, if I had more time, if I had more time, what I would really want to tell you Is that if the enemy really wanted to destroy you, he wouldn't have taken your sight. He would have taken your hearing. Because Bartimaeus heard Jesus. Last time I checked, faith comes by in hearing the. Listen to me. If you still have your ears, you might have come in blind today, you might have come in dim today but the devil cannot take it from you if your ears are working you can walk out full of sight and full of faith there's two of us here today online there's two groups of us today I want to close with this there's a group of us that life caused my vision to go dim and it's prevented us from, from doing what we're called to do And we've created every excuse in the world for why I can't, I'm too busy, I'm not able, I can't serve, I can't give, I can't show up. Now listen to me. This is not from a judgmental point of view at all. This is just reality. You have to understand there are people just as busy, if not busier than you, facing the same obstacles that you are facing, and they press on, and they put Jesus first, and they've determined to make a difference with their life finding a way to serve finding a way to love finding a way every week to make you coffee to serve your kids to lead you in worship eliminate every excuse and see what Jesus can do through you and there's another group you've been living your life like this you've been living your life like this fill me. someone fill me up Someone someone give me a little bit of change. Expecting people, expecting the promotion to fill the hole in your heart that only Jesus can fill. John chapter 4. We don't have time to talk about it. John chapter 4, there's a parallel story. Jesus goes to a well and there's a woman there. And and, and Jesus gets there and he asks the woman, says, Hey, will you draw me up some water from the well? And then in in the middle of talking, she asked him a question. Jesus says, actually, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for water. Because the water that I would give you never runs dry. The water that I would give you, you will never thirst again if you took the water that I have for you. And She said, well, I know we're waiting for the Messiah. And Jesus said, I am the Messiah that you've been waiting for. And he says, hey, go get your husband. And she said, I don't have one. He said, I know you don't. You've had five, and the one you're with right now isn't your husband. And so here's what she does. She gets so, in this moment, realizing what she's experienced with Jesus, she heads back into town to go tell people, you know what she did? The bucket she had to fill with water, she left it because she realized I don't need my bucket full of water. I need to get filled up. And the living water that Jesus can fill me with is greater than anything that I can get. And I got to go tell everybody I know, you got to come see the one who knows everything about me. You got to come see the one who can fill you up with water that will never run dry. Listen, you don't need a cup. You don't need a cup. Because Jesus is the water that never runs dry. I pray today some of us are going to throw labels off. You've been labeled something. You've been certified something. The label of addiction. The label of insecurity. The label of not being worthy. The label of not being enough. You're going to throw that off. And you're going to take on the coat that Jesus wants to give you. The coat that says, Son daughter you are loved you are cherished you are mine i call you my own you are my family i have redeemed you i have saved you i have restored you i will heal you come on everybody right wherever you are in your home just put both hands up right now we're going to receive something from the holy spirit right now Jesus, I pray right now, every single person under the sound of my voice, all throughout this city, all throughout our county, meeting at home, that Holy Spirit, you're going to begin to rip off labels that we've been given by other people. Labels that the past has given us. And we're going to take We're going to throw off the crowd. We're going to throw off that coat. We're going to throw the cup. And realize, Jesus, you are the only one who can fill us. You are the only one who can satisfy my soul. And whatever label I've been walking with, I'm going to walk with a new label. A label that says I'm loved. A label that says I am worthy. A label that calls me son. A label that calls me daughter. A label that says I am cherished. A label that says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Help us to walk in the identity that you give us. We receive that today, Lord. We thank you. Praise you. Do a miracle in us. Open our eyes. Help us to see All that you've called us to. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, no matter where you are right now, give Jesus a a shout of praise because he's good. Amen. You didn't realize church was coming to your house today. <laughs> so glad that you're here with us. Join us wherever you are, whatever home you're in, wherever you are located here in central Virginia. So glad that you're here. I just want to let you know a couple of things really quickly. Um, first, if you, if you have a need, if you have anything, you're not feeling well, family members not feeling well, or maybe maybe the Holy Spirit said something to you today. Reach out to us, email us, hit us up on Facebook, we want to connect with you, pray with you, help you walk through whatever it is you're walking through. And just know this: listen, you can cancel a service, but you can't cancel the church. Come on, the, the church ain't a building. We're no—we're learning that real quick right now. And here's what you need to know about Skyline: a couple of things. First, we are—we are actively talking to and reaching out to our community partners, and seeing how we can help. Feed people, take care of people, provide for people. So just be on the lookout in the coming, coming couple of days. Just be following us on social media, getting updates on how we're meeting real tangible needs. Because there are families and there are, are parents that are going to be heavily affected by schools being closed. And So just be on the lookout. We're, listen, we're, we are finding ways to go be the church even though we can't be here all together. So just be on the lookout for that. And then also this week, just just keep your, your eyes open, ears open for what, what next weekend is gonna look like for us at Skyline Church. We'll be updating you all throughout the week what that looks like. Last thing, I know that many of us when we gather on Sundays together, as we give, a lot of us give in person. A lot of us give in the bucket as it goes by. You drop a check, maybe you drop some cash. But I wanna tell you today, listen, if you, if you normally do that, if you normally give in person, If you normally give with a check here physically, I want to encourage you today to give online. Don't, 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 don't skip on your giving. We've got a way to to connect you and help you do that. Now, listen, I say that because when God's people are generous, the church is able to be generous. When you are generous, whether it's in person or online, you can, listen, you can text it. You can text the amount you want to give to 84321 and then just follow prompts. You can give online. You can give through our app. But when you give, when you're obedient to give, God's house is able to be obedient in blessing and caring for people. So I want to encourage you to do that today, even if you've never done it before. I promise you it's secure. I promise you all the logistics will work out. We make it as easy as possible for you to be able to give online. We're so happy that you joined us online today. We can't wait till we're able to gather together. Live and fact. I just want to pray for us real quick. Jesus, I pray right now over every family, over every child, over every person in this city where the enemy would love to sow fear and uncertainty. I pray that your church would be a place of hope. Your church be a house of healing your church would be the church Lord you didn't call us to just gather together but Lord you called us to go out into our cities and right now the enemy is trying to set up some gates in our city the enemy is trying to set up some strongholds in our neighborhoods and in our businesses and I pray that your church would be strong. You said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Jesus, I pray that we go out there and give the devil a black eye. We go kick down some gates, reclaim territory that he's trying to claim right now, that your church would bring the gospel in a very tangible way. Jesus, I like what A.W. What Tozer said. He said, it, it, when the world is scared, it needs a fearless church. I pray that your church would be fearless to love people, fearless to bless people, fearless to care for people. I pray your protection over us. But Lord, not just protection. I pray for power in Jesus' name. I pray for strength. I pray for boldness in Jesus' name. And Jesus, I pray that you'd cause your good face to shine upon each and every one of us until we gather together again in Jesus name amen have a great week everybody stay tuned for for what's going on this week love you, appreciate you